Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul on demand, season two, episode 35 with Brothers Osborne. Do you have to give songwriting credits to the Ain't Nobody Got Time for That Lady? I, to be honest with you, I know, but she's more than welcome to come to a show. She's she, got wants, free. she wants to feature on it. Hell yeah. yeah, she can feature on it. Bring it. Said, what did she say? She got the bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. When he said that title, I was like, that is ridiculous. Let's write that. I love that idea. Let's do it. <laughs> Man, we always have fun talking with Brothers Osborne. I appreciate you. Let me say this ahead of time. Thank you so much. Before you listen to the full interview, I appreciate you checking out this podcast. At the end, if you could give us a like, a rating, a subscribe, it all helps us out. This podcast is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network. It's Evan Paul here, hanging with Brothers Osborne. What made y'all decide to do a self-titled album this deep in the game? Because we're narcissists, and we want to. No, you know, honestly, it's you know, it's we since our last record, John and I both have really shared a lot about ourselves, and I really, you know, we both felt like this is the first time we've we've really truly one hundred percent been ourselves with no no veil or or anything, and so when it came time to make the music we were you know able to make it in a space where we didn't feel like we had to avoid any topic or or avoid us you know any sort of description of anything so um it was just a very freeing fun experience and i felt like the first time that we were completely 100 percent us so as we finished the project it just seemed kind of fitting that this would be you know kind of a defining moment for us what uh can you take me through like the journey of of making it like um how many songs are outside songs what made you pick those yeah no so they're all written by us because he said we're narcissists and (laughs) that's in keeping with that mentality uh no i think you know we've written hundreds of songs i mean most songwriters have written hundreds of songs and by this point i mean thousands probably and then you know, you whittle it down to like 30, and you're like, okay, we can't make a 30-song um, album, even though that's the thing that everyone's doing now, but we ain't got time for that. And then we got it down to 25, 20, and then I think we ended up recording 16. Then we got that down to like 14, and you keep chopping at it, and you're like, it's really, really difficult. And we wanted to make like a very good, easy like record. I mean, there's a lot of music on the record. There's a lot of different sounds, but we wanna, wanted to put it down to like a classic 11 song Record. So, I mean, honestly, it started with probably 30 to 40 that, you know, written. We whittled it down to 11. And sonically, there's some stuff on here that's a little bit different. Like, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of synth and yeah. uh, in yeah. that. What made you guys decide to go that route? Well, I miss, well, particularly in the synth world, that's something we just hadn't done before. And it's always something we wanted to explore. And we worked with the new uh, producer, Mike Elizondo, who's his whole studio is literally like every synth that you could possibly ever imagine having. And it's all wired up, ready to go. I mean, you walk up and touch it, and it and it, and it goes. So we wanted to kind of put a different element uh, into this record than we've done. You know, after you've done three records, you're like, okay, what you've already explored becomes less and less. And so we thought that was something different for us. And so um, that, on top of the fact that we, I think every song kind of goes through an era of music, a genre of music, just from our influences growing up. And some of them, even, you know, before we were born, just stuff we'd listen to. And um, and so on, on this record, we really felt like everything was kind of um, ended up being kind of a timestamp of all these different uh, inspirations. Who us. would you say influenced like that and Goodbyes Kicking In? Like uh, who who influenced those songs the most? Uh, and the sounds or just these songs in general? It's both, <clears throat> I guess. The sounds and the songs. I mean, I mean, honestly, we we all pull from our uh, pull from our experiences. But you know, as as co writers, you sometimes you have to get in the room and you, and the songs fall out. And sometimes the songs, you just kind of have to find them and you just kind of tinker with stuff. And 
Um, the co- our uh, Goodbye Skickin' In, our co-writer, Lee Miller, who we've written, like, uh, It Ain't My Fault with and a lot of our songs with, he had that title, and I just started playing that kind of minory thing that reminded me of the Stones a bit. And then it just we just kind of had fun writing it from there, you know? Yeah. And you don't even, I mean, a lot of times you don't really know what it was that necessarily inspired it until maybe after the fact or someone's like, hey, this sounds like this. And you're like, you know what, I... I wasn't thinking about that, but I can see how we got there or how you came to that conclusion. And so that's one thing we're really excited for people to be able to hear the whole album so they can, you know, just be able to, I love it when people say, man, I love this song because of this. And it always kind of like opens a a door in my mind of like, wow, you know, like uh, I never, you know, I was kind of blind to that previously. Um, so, So that part's really, really fun. Do you have to give songwriting credits to the ain't nobody got time for that lady? I, to be honest with you, I know, but she's more than welcome to come to a show. She's she got wants, free. If she wants to feature on it. Hell yeah. yeah, she can feature on it. Bring it. He said, what did she say? She got the bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> yeah. It was funny when he said that title. I was like, that is ridiculous. Let's write that. I love that idea. Let's do it. <laughs> nobody ever thought about trying to get the rights to it? Or I don't think it, I don't think she owns the rights to everybody. No, ain't nobody got time for that. You know, fortunately in our business, there is, uh, I can't remember even what the legalese is for that, but you can you can actually rip off, like, had she gone, ain't nobody got time for that, we'd have been screwed, because that's our, that's the melody. Oh, yeah, All she did was just say it. Um, however, we were more than welcome to have her out, do a feature, maybe pay her a little money so she can help her bronchitis, you know? Maybe like, she can get an inhaler. Yeah, it's like the the Lizzo thing where it was like, I'm 100% that bitch. Yeah. And then it got like the lady that tweeted that got mad and then they had to give her I will credit. say Wait, 100% that, that bitch is quite more specifically unique than ain't nobody got time for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> However, I can see how maybe you might be like, that definitely was stolen from me. Yeah. But again, you know, I mean, people say things all the time and, uh, you know, if it was such a great idea, then they should have written it themselves. I'm like, boom, there it is. <laughs> uh, one thing I love about you guys is like uh, how your relationship is, and over the past couple of years, it's really, you could tell like, John, you're, you're very... You're quick to defend your brother and, and almost in a, a way of, you know, you're proud that he's your brother. Yeah. Like, how has that, like, um, differentiated? Okay, so, like, you guys say I love you to each other a lot and stuff. Uh-huh. Are all the men, does that differentiate you guys in the Osborne men family or all the guys in no, the family? No, we're like- all very loving people. Our whole family is just full of lovers. I mean, when you, our family is 100% of everything. If they're pissed, you're going to, it's a hundred percent pissed. But when they tell you they love you, they mean it a hundred percent. When they got your back, they have it a hundred percent. When they're about to kick your ass, it's a hundred percent. So everything's a hundred percent. We don't hold oh, yeah. anything yeah, back. We're, we're very fortunate. Okay. A, okay. We've got a great family. As children though, what was your biggest knockdown drag out fight? Y'all two. Yeah. People always try to start in interviews they always try, they always want to find something I, I, I can't think of one because there are a lot but i will say we used to you know like punch each other a lot you know it's always below the neck and you just like yeah. punch each other we were like well, for christmas we so, got we got uh yeah yeah so, yeah so for christmas they gave us like gloves. boxing gloves which like they thought well you know when they get upset they can like put on the boxing gloves well to us it was like now we can punch each other all the time. <laughs> so we just put them on. We just like punch. We just beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to talk about so like Dan and Shay, another duo that you guys are friends with. I'm sure. Oh yeah, we love them. Um, you know, they recently did their whole thing where they had their come to Jesus and they came out and talked about that they had battled with each other a little bit. You know, here uh-huh. and there, and it built yeah, up and stuff. How does that differentiate 
when you guys are actual brothers. Like, it's way worse. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it, it is. It is tough. You know, and we actually, um, I actually loved seeing that they shared that. I think a lot of people go through that. And um, I think one of the worst things when you're going through it and you feel that you're kind of alone with it or maybe something's wrong with, specifically with you. And then I think when you, when you can actually relate to someone else doing that, you don't feel quite so, like, crazy. But, I mean, there was a time where, you know, we've, um, there were John and I, we, we got to kind of a similar place. And, um, you know, and then we had to literally go to couples therapy together to be like, hey, we got to fix this. Like, I don't know what's going on. And, you know, oddly enough, what we basically in our uh, space and, I'm, I'm, and probably in theirs is that when two people care a lot about something, it makes their feelings like really, really heavy to the point where it's like kind of gets explosive and. Uh, and oddly, when so, with the, when someone doesn't care, you know that's kind of the worst place to be. And this is something that was brought to light to us from our our therapist. And I thought, wow, you know. So now in my mind, I know if like we when we clash, I know it's coming from a place of like he we're button heads because I care and he cares. And it's really, even though it's frustrating, it's a it's oddly kind of a beautiful thing. So yeah. even as brothers that have known each other their whole lives, it took an outside like you, an eye on it to really yeah. figure it out. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, that's how most things are that are so obvious or the things that sometimes we're the most blind to. And when someone tells you something like that, it's like, wow. Like, and, and honestly, that's one of the, you know, really the benefits is going to therapy. Sometimes they tell you the most obvious thing and you're like, oh my God, like that's painfully obvious. And I never, <laughs> like that never occurred to me. And then, uh, you know, we all uh, think we have it figured out, but none of us do. So We all look at our experiences very close. Like we have our noses on them. We're looking at them so close. And it takes another person to help you see things from a 10,000-foot perspective. And okay. it's, it's very important. What I would love for is it, uh, we sh- if we could have, like, recreated the video of Dan and Shea sharing that about themselves, which I thought, which, by the way, was I really a very cool. I, I did, too. I thought it was really, really amazing, and I related to it a lot, is that then all of a sudden, like, they pan in the back and we're just riding in the back seat. Just yeah. Or we're the, we're the, we're the people holding the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or we're in the back seat, like punching each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mom! <laughs> That's great. Uh, I want to talk about, we ain't good at breaking up with Miranda. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ, I saw this was inspired by some real life troubles yeah. uh, with your boyfriend. Uh-huh. To what degree has that like unlocked a vault of songwriting ideas now that you're, open and allowed to be more creative well that's another reason why i say i think it's probably went into self-titling the record again was just things that we could just talk about before that we wouldn't and you know i would actually joke you know to be honest it really wasn't even trouble it was the fact that we were trying to be so adult and break up because we thought it wasn't going to work out we didn't want to get to a place where we hated each other and then we just couldn't do it we were like actually really bad at it and i would joke about that all the time people would ask we're so together i'm like of course we are we we're not good at breaking up and Mm. then uh, I said that to Jesse Frazier, a uh, really great songwriter in town. And he was like, man, I love that idea. We got to write next week with Miranda. The four of us did. Let's write that idea then. And he had this music kind of uh, uh, track going. that had a lot of the vibe of what it ended up being. And um, it had that kind of minery, kind of old, like, Southwest 90s kind of country thing that I haven't heard. Even though people are doing a lot of throwbacks to 90s, I haven't really heard that that much. And then writing with Miranda was amazing. She kind of went in and just definitely put on, on like her songwriting cap and stepped out of, out of her world. And we were writing intentionally for us. And then at the end, she started singing these ad libs over the the work tape that we had finished. And it just had this such this, it added such a cool mood and texture to it that we were like, God, we need to have this on our record. Which she, you know, very um, very kindly obliged. 
That's awesome. We did a little research and found that uh, you guys opened up for Miranda. Yeah, uh, back in like sixteen. Mm-hmm. Is that does the friendship go back any further than that? It, not, I think that's probably that's, where it started. Yeah, that's where it yeah. started. It sure, yeah, certainly blossomed from there. Like you never know when you're going on tour with somebody. It's because as an opener, you're their guest, right? You're going into their house, so you you you're, you try to be respectful, and sometimes. You know, you could end up in someone's house, and you're like, I don't really like this house. How can we get out of here? Um, and with Miranda was like, oh, my God, this feels like – she just felt like a sister to us immediately. And, you know, she's funny, and she just, like, you know, has to sit back and talk shit and drink some – have some drinks. And, and she's so damn good on stage. Um, we would listen to her. We would go out and perform with her, and we would get her ear mix in our monitors. And she just sang, like, pitch perfect every night. She's so damn good. And then we just like we've been friends ever since. Wow. Okay. Um, we also did a little research and found an interview that uh, we came across where who told you guys back in the day that y'all wouldn't make it because you weren't generic enough. Your voices, your voice wasn't generic enough. Well, <laughs> you hear that a lot in Nashville when you're starting. So John and I originally started off. We were trying to pitch songs to other artists and. Um, and they would, you know, like I would, I would be replaced on songs that I had written and same thing. John would, they would replace his guitar with someone else. And, and you get to the place where you're like, dang, you, you, it's really deflating. Cause you're like, I'm not having any success because I, 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 we do sound different. Um, and that really was the part where we're like, you know what, if we can't get anything done here, then let's just do the songs ourselves. And that was really kind of, I mean, a, a very bare bones Neanderthal way of describing what eventually would become uh, Brothers Osborne, mm-hmm. and and it's taken us, I think, even a, a, off the off the bat. I think for a lot of artists, really struggle that are have a very original sound and it isn't familiar. It takes a long time for for the listeners to kind of get familiar with that and and mm-hmm. like that sound. And so, I mean, it makes sense, and um, and so that can be a kind of a long road. So finally, again, circling back to why we wanted to name self title this album. Is I feel like we we are finally at like the perfect intersect of of people finally knowing what we sound like, who we are, what we are, and we just kind of feel like our, this was our, our moment. So mm-hmm. here we are. How are the babies doing? They're amazing. It's um, everyone told me it's the most amazing thing and the most difficult thing that you'll ever endure, and that I, you get it once you're in it. But it's amazing to be honest with you. Like the the music business is rewarding but it is so tough and like it gets your brain always thinking you know our album's coming out and we're going on tour and we're budgeting and all these things that you just like don't want to think about and then i get home and i see these kids and they look at you and you're like that's the only thing i think about right there they're just like it's they're perfect and hilarious and exhausting and beautiful and they're like so simple our lives are so complicated they're like i'm either hungry you need to wipe my butt or I'm tired. And I'm like, that's the life right there. Like, that's yeah. really it. Yeah, and then, honestly, like, also give me a cuddle. I'm like, I can do all this. I love it so much. Same. Yeah, really, exactly. <laughs> when I'm tired, I'm cranky. When someone needs to wipe yeah. my butt, I'm cranky. And, um, honestly, it's, it's amazing. It's the greatest thing I've ever done. How's the unk game going? It's fun. It's awesome having some new babies in the family. We, we've we've been uncles for years now, but we, uh, it, we to have a new – Fresh set of babies in a family. Yeah. It's always exciting. Um, I have an idea for you guys. Uh-oh. For Christmas. You, have you guys have never done a Christmas anything? 
like a song? Yeah, like oh, an I was album. Like, we've Not- never, oh, never, have you never yeah, ever like, done a Christmas? Before? Yeah, we're Jehovah's like Witnesses. No, no, we, um, no, we've never done a Christmas song because don't get me wrong, I love Christmas music, but we can't really find anything that kind of suits us. I so got What you. is your suggestion? Okay. So your guys' voices are so unique, right? 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 What if we changed it around and did this, Mr. Grinch? No, 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 no. Chipmunks, two brothers Osborne. Yes. And it's that easy. You just hit a button and apparently yes. it tunes it all up. And it makes it oh sound so different. And that's how you guys can be, you know. Well, we weren't generic enough before. It certainly has become a little less generic. <laughs> Lean into it. <laughs> um, Ashley McBride recently talked about artists who are making space for others in country music. She's talking about Jelly Roll. I mean, you could include Laney as oh, yeah. well and, and yourselves. What does that say uh, that all these artists are crushing it right now? Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, if I had to, to guess, I mean, I think there was a time where um, – there was again getting into that everything had to sound a certain way, and a lot of people were afraid to take risks, especially when something starts working. Every, there's definitely people in Nashville kind of tend to not want to rock the boat and shake it up. They're just they want to do more of the stuff that works because there's a lot that doesn't. But I think you know I think eventually the country listeners have just gotten really tired of that, and I think that's really starting to show now. And I think there's also a lot of different you know it's weird that for a, a genre that has been known to be quite narrow in the way it sounds is so broad now it might be one of the most broad if not the most broad genre out there and there's so many different types of country music fan um and we're really starting to see that for the first time and and those people accessing you know these pockets of people that maybe felt like they didn't have their music or their place before so and i will say also the level of 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 musicianship i think there's also a lot of artists out right now so to really be noticed you got to be really really good the songs have to be good mm-hmm. donna's about to kill me but real quick who's the godfather or godmother of this of what of of letting country music be, you know be different you know who's like well the thing you know, is, is is as we talk about that now i mean it's really i mean i would go back to say hank williams i mean he got uh, mm-hmm. criticized or, or ridiculed many times for kind of bucking the system and being different um, you know, he still is not an Opry member. Like, that's crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Literally, Hank Williams is not an Opry member. That's, like, really, really wild. Then you have people like, also, same thing as traditionals, like Bluegrassers. And you have somebody like Bill Monroe. Like, everyone's like, Bill Monroe will be rolling over in his grave if he heard this. And you're like, Bill Monroe made people roll over in their grave. He did something wildly different. That's why yeah. he's known, uh, still to this day, as, as one of the originators of the sound. So, you know, fast forward to Shania Twain. I mean, that was like so controversial. And then you listen back to it now and everyone's like, yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of dated. It's not really current. Right, exactly. That was like really pushing the envelope. So there are a lot of people in every genre. You have to push it. I mean, people get really caught up with tradition, but things evolve. Things change. Thank you, guys. You guys rock. Thank you. All right, we'll bring in Billy Dukes from behind the camera to talk about this interview with the Bro O's. What's happening? Man, this was a great interview. I don't know if I can recall the Brothers Osborne feeling as like loose and confident as they were 
throughout this interview. Yeah, they had some swag, man. I, yeah, I, I really uh, I get along with them good. I like hanging out with them. I feel like if you really get them going, they'll uh, they'll talk. You know. I thought the part about them talking about how now that TJ has come out, it really kind of takes the lid off of the vault of like. I don't know, a lifetime worth of emotions and love songs and breakup songs. Like, he can feel really comfortable singing about who he really is now. I mean, I, I'm optimistic about the new music that's going to come from Brothers Osborne, not only with this album, but the next album, the album after that. Like, there's no limitations now, and that's super exciting. Yeah, I was thinking about that. If you think back to, like, in music history, maybe not just country, but, like, you know, um, Elton John or, or George Michael, you know, they... They weren't necessarily out when they were putting out music in their prime. And, you know, they didn't, you, you know, the songs were like, uh, they could go to any any uh, gender, you know, and they weren't really yeah. like telling their exact truth. You know, I think that this is cool that Brothers Osborne got to do this amidst the prime of their career. And now there's, I feel like, yeah, there's a part one Brothers Osborne. And then now there's going to be a part two where... You can include some of that, but I wonder how much they really will include. That's a good point. I mean, they were kind of the first artist back in, I think it was like 2014 or 2015, they included same-sex couples in their music video for Stay a Little Longer, and that was that was pretty daring at the time. Um, no one on like a, I guess what I'd call a mainstream record label or a major record label, I don't believe has ever released a song that was specifically about a, a same-sex relationship. I don't know if Brothers Osborne will do that necessarily. So, like, some of those influences from past relationships might be just a little bit more subtle. Um, but they could. You know, they could certainly um, very well uh, include, like, a hee-hee song. Um, and, and there's not one on this album. I guess I should make it clear. But, you know, maybe on, on, on future albums. I mean, I don't want to get in. <laughs> I don't want to get into the woods on this. But um, I don't know. I mean... In country music now, like, I mean, I don't know. There might be an, uh, an acceptance issue if they put out a song like that. I don't know, man. What do you, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they'd release it as a radio single, um, but an album cut, an important album cut. I mean, there's so many ways to release new music. And Brothers Osborne, they're not really thriving as radio artists. Like, they've only had a few radio hits. I don't even know if they have a current radio single that's being pushed really hard, like, where they're getting their support is through the live show and through streaming. Radio and the radio partners are important, but it's it's more it's not about that as their number one source right now. So yeah, no, I don't think anybody's going to drop a radio single about with that topic anytime soon. We're we're just not there yet. But um, as an album cut, sure, I, I could see that happening. I think. I think that would be cool. Yeah, that would be really cool to hear that and hear how they frame it and how they work it in there. I I I'm a big fan, and I thought it was really cool seeing. Um, how uh, TJ's brother John, you know, kind of um, is like his security. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. he he's rolling security on his first brother. He's like the bodyguard there. Um, yeah. And, and <laughs> he's going to protect him. Um, yeah. That, that, that was pretty neat to hear him talk about that. I also thought it was cool how they really related to what Dan and Shay have gone through. And, 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 and not only that they relate to it like, you know, they, they talk about how they're friends with Dan and Shay, and they went to the extent that they, it would have been funny if they were in the video because they related to it so much. I mean, both Dan <laughs> and Shay and Brothers Osborne, they both compete for the same awards. I think they both dropped albums on the same exact day, if I'm not mistaken. Like, there's no, like, Red Sox versus Yankees bad blood between them at all. It was, like, all just 
sort of good vibes. I, th- I thought that was a, a neat part of this interview as well, is just to see how those two bands relate off the stage and out of the spotlight. Yeah, I would have never thought that um, they had to go to counseling or something like that. You'd, I right? mean, I would have never known that, you know, because you don't think about that. I mean, if, if me and, and my brother started a band, like it would be weird to think you would need to go to counseling. But I, I don't know. I think back to like my radio. That's all I know is that uh, there could, probably could have been some times in a morning show situation that I was in with co-hosts that we all could have gone to counseling uh, to help out. You know, because just daily drama, being on the road, I get it. I mean, I've never experienced it, but I get it. I mean, you think about that. I mean, no radio team is ever going to do marital counseling together, although it's probably the cheaper route because the cost of hiring someone new, what happens is someone gets fired, but the cost of hiring someone new is much more expensive than the cost of like a, a year's worth of marital counseling for a couple. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you could get me to go to that. Like, I don't yeah. know. If, if, a, if a radio boss is like, hey, we, we're going to need you and your co-host to go to counseling, I'd be like, I don't know. i got to talk to my wife about this. Yeah. Well, it'd be weird from that perspective, but I think I'd be up for it, I think. I think I would have done it back when I was in radio. I had one co-host where we would, um, you know, we got along for the most part, but we certainly had our period where we were kind of at each other's throats. Like... Someone that could kind of get in between us and help us sort those differences out. Yeah, maybe we'd be better for it. And think about this, Evan. That's great content. You could talk about the counseling you're going through on air. That'll fill some breaks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Very true. Good point. I I guess I would go on that alone. How old do you think the viral clip, you mentioned the, the woman who said ain't nobody got time for that. Brothers Osborne have a song for that, and you kind of cracked a joke that ain't nobody got time for that woman might sue. How old do you think that video clip is? Like, when did that happen? When did that go viral? Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, I'm going to say 2014. 2012. It's 11 years old. Okay. And... You actually asked a question that is spot on because the ain't got nobody got time for that woman. Her name is Kimberly Wilkins, better known as Sweet Brown, and she actually did start suing people. She tried to sue not only Apple, but a program called the Bob Rivers Show, who used her now infamous news clip in a song that they created called I Got Bronchitis. <laughs> and she tried to sue for $15 million. <laughs> there it is. There, did they settle? Uh, so what ended up happening, and I told you I went deep in a rabbit hole on this. I'm in. The suit was ultimately dismissed, but it wasn't dismissed necessarily because like, she was out of line or, or couldn't get that money. Like That was never decided. Like She just didn't have like the right paperwork sort of filed, so they had to dismiss the suit kind of on a... A clerical error, oh. and and then her lawyers quit, and she never ended up refiling after that. So maybe it was sort of a real uphold rope road battle for her, and she realized that. But she did try to get her money, and she made her money in a lot of other ways. Like she was a pitchman for a lot of different things. She went on Tosh Point oh at at some point. Uh, Tyler Perry put her in a movie. Beyonce was name checking her. Like this woman, Sweet Brown, they called her. 
She was big. She was BFD. She was big effing deal. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> it was a whole deal, man. That's why I thought about it. I'm, I would be surprised if she doesn't have that trademarked. Um, and I, I don't know. I'd be surprised if they. I don't know. I they joked about it, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if something came about from it. Well, I, I think. Ultimately, she probably would have lost, and no one's really heard from her for the better part of eight or nine years now, so she's kind of just let it go, but oh, okay. they might want to just watch their backs when they're out there in, <laughs> in the legal world. That could really <laughs> jump up and bite them. Yeah, that could cost them some money in royalties. All right, and thank you for listening to Taste of Country Nights On Demand with Evan Paul. If you could, you know, if you enjoy the interviews and everything, go back, give them all a listen, give us a like, subscribe, rating. It all helps us out here at Taste of Country Nights On Demand.